And Peter Peter Parker dies. He dies first scene. He walks into the He shows up at Gotham High. Yo, what's up, Selena? Wanna go out? She's like What kind of universe do you think you live in? He's like <laughs> Need me to explain it to you, Selena? And she's like, Whoa. What is with that ego, pal? Sorry I'm late. Uh, I'm a little embarrassed to say what for, though. If you promise not to laugh. Of course. Okay. I can trust that you won't laugh no matter what I say. Dude, it's literally just me and you talking anyways. I was, uh, I was eating beans. Dude, stop. Stop. All right. Thank you for not openly judging me there. I mean, I know on the inside. Yeah, I mean, there's some things that I could say, but I'm not even going to. Like, it's not even. You want, you want order. You want order. There will be order. You sound good. You sound good. Really? Yeah, you sound all right. Okay. Now nah, it, it's. It, I think it's going to sound a lot better. I hope so. We'll see. Corey and I played with it the other day. Uh, I think I have some mid boost on, and I chose not to do the bass roll off because I don't think it's it adds anything. So we'll see how it sounds. Did you uh, do anything exciting this weekend? Well. I mean, beat up John Cena. Mm -hmm. um, saw the new. Um, well, first of all, are you familiar with DC Comics? DC Comics. Are they like that small um, comic book company out of Washington DC? Yeah, they're they're like the less marvelous comic. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, they had a they had a movie coming out. Uh, it was called The Fat Man, starring Colin Farrell. It was good. <laughs> so obviously, you know, while we're here, it's uh, DC season, 2022, the year of DC, the comeback season. Marvel had a good run, but I think the king is ready to come back on top. 2022 is our year. We've got the Batman. We've got the Flashpoint movie. We've got Black Adam, and we've got Aquaman 2. I'm excited about all of these. And that's not even to mention the things that they're doing on HBO right now that that are, are apparently really good. Uh, the new John Cena series has been really successful. I think it's already been renewed for a new season. Uh, Peacemaker. Beat up John Cena. <laughs> so if you don't have anything else right now, we can go ahead and jump into it. Let's go. Cut that cord. Cut that, cut that, cut that. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Folk Dudes Podcast. I'm your caped crusader companion, Jazzy Jeff, and alongside me on the other side of the laptop, on the other side of the country, the boy wonder, West Coast Walker. What's up? What's going on, man? Long time. Long time and long time overdue to finally get to see this sweet, sweet film that we've been talking about ad nauseum. I mean, we're going to get into some of the specifics of it. I want to go ahead and give a, dis a disclosure before we ever even get going. This is going to be a spoiler alert. Like, if, if you're listening to this podcast before having watched the film, you probably ought to just press pause, go watch the movie. We'll be right here when you get done. No, I'll just come out and say it. Spawn doesn't get his family back. <laughs> I'm also going to say, if you do plan to go watch the film, you need to make sure that you get a good pee break in right before it starts because you're going to have a three-hour window there where you're holding it. 
Yeah, it was crazy. Like I went to the bathroom during the previews, old man trick, you know, you wait when the previews start. When I was a kid, the previews were my favorite part of the movie. Mm-hmm. And that was probably just some philosophy about not living in the moment and always waiting for, I don't know, whatever. I, I quit therapy, but I went to the bathroom and it was just like a few, like it wasn't, um, it was, it wasn't a large P I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. It's like a medium P. Yeah. And, but I did get a large drink. Mm-hmm. You got to. and I tr- and I tried to drink it slowly. Pace yourself, yeah. But I do love sugary drinks, so slowly for me is like it's gone in the first hour. It's mm-hmm. still gone, and so then I had to get up and pee, and I just I just did. It was a small theater, thankfully. It was a little tiny one room theater with a one stall bathroom. There was a speaker in the bathroom, so I was still able to listen to what was going on. And it's mostly just you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I waited for one of those <laughs> moments in the movie, which there there were a couple. Um, and you just try to guess. <laughs> so, so I had strategy when I and then I got up again. Tickets. Oh, really? You got up two times during the same and movie? then and then after peeing twice, I peed before the movie, I peed twice, and then after the movie, ran out the door as fast as I could to go to the bathroom. And then it was like a minute, it was a long one. So yeah. it was like I still so when I bought my tickets, I, well, I usually like to be on the end anyways. I bought tickets on the end because I knew the plan was right before the movie starts during the previews, run out, go pee, and then run back in so you can get there just in time. So you only have to do that three hour window and not three hours and 15 minutes. And man, they loaded up with trailers. This was a lot of trailers. I guess they wanted to get their money's worth going into this, this big, you know, blockbuster. So yeah, uh, if you didn't pee right before the movie started, you were going to go like three and a half hours without using the bathroom. Yeah. Did you stay? There was apparently a post credit scene I did not stay for. I heard it wasn't worth it, so I didn't even worry about it. Okay. I heard like it was almost like one of those like Super Bowl QR code things. Like, hey, check out our website. Like, oh, okay, cool. If it doesn't say Batman 2 next year, I don't want to see it. That's a flex. Yeah, it's I, I heard it wasn't worth it. The people that did do it were very disappointed. And you know what? If, you, if you're going to give us something lame, just don't even worry about it. Like, just don't waste our time. Like, that's kind of Marvel's thing anyways. I could take it or leave it, honestly. So sure. I, <laughs> I just walked away as soon as sure. I was the first one out of the theater. Yeah, I was I was the first one out of the theater to the bathroom. <laughs> So. You saw the Batman once, and you saw the bathroom three times. Mm-hmm. Good one. So this movie, we were coming off of uh, kind of a dark, loomy, heavy cloud here of the Batman versus Superman and the Justice League, the Zack Snyder, the Joss Whedon funk, so to speak. And uh, there was a lot of pressure, I think, on Warner Brothers to – not screw the pooch here. Director Matt Reeves, uh, having done a couple good recent films in his Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War of the Planet of the Apes. I never watched those, but I heard they were actually really well done. Uh, he had his work cut out for him. He had, This was a tall task. It was something that he could not afford to make a poor movie right now. And, you know, we'll get into the specifics of it, but how do you think he did, Walker? I always have difficult. Well, give me give me a guide. Will Robert Pattinson be hanging dong in his next film? Absolutely not. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the Real Folk Dudes podcast. <laughs> so I watched this movie and I thought it was a vastly different movie than any other iteration of Batman that we have seen on live action to this point. I was getting horror movie vibes and I was getting detective movie vibes. And that's something that seems to go hand in hand with a Batman movie, but something that we haven't really gotten to this extent. I need to go back and read long Halloween. Um, You really do. Yeah. Watch that movie. It felt like it was inspired by it had that tone. And it was cool that the, the movie opens up on Halloween. You, right that that's where it felt like where 
it wasn't necessarily a Batman movie where I felt like I, and part of it was just the, the delays and all the production stuff, but it, it was a movie where I felt like it wasn't necessarily, I, I felt like I was watching it in the moment, like it was happening now, but it did feel like a movie that I would go back to just because it is so expansive and feels like it could, you know, it could be a Halloween movie, but at the same time, it's also any, any kind of holiday movie is also a Christmas movie um, yeah. in, a, in a way. So for me, it was like if Batman Returns took itself too seriously, it was this movie. Okay. So I wanted to get into a little bit of the visuals of this. Uh, we saw a new Gotham City and I, I texted you. I said, this is my favorite version of live action Gotham City that we've seen. In, yeah, I never in, saw in any movie. I never saw the TV show, but for me, definitely. I mean, it was it's kind of how I always it's it's how I picture it for sure. Not not the um it didn't feel like the Wall Street, Wolf of Wall Street vibes from the Nolan movies and with the Burton movies, you know, just um where they're, you know tim burton characters it was so. it was gothic and over the top and i enjoyed go. i enjoyed that version of the this universe. is a medium but yeah this is a happy medium we get a little bit of a marriage here we get this feels like a real city that could exist but it also feels like a comic book city it's not a lot of like the marvel movies like it's neat like oh okay hey we're in san francisco or hey we're in new york city but this was like its own thing and it mm -hmm. felt like this is gotham city uh it felt very familiar and what it reminded me of and i know you're watching it right now is the Batman animated series. I kept mm -hmm. waiting to see like a giant blimp floating by. <laughs> I love the city signs. I loved to see the differences of like the more midtown area versus more of the mm -hmm. outer boroughs and, and, you know, like uptown and things like that. I loved the city signs. I loved the, the subway. I loved seeing all the graffiti everywhere. And I loved seeing like the noir, noir feel of like the shadows, especially in that opening sequence where the criminals are scared. Totally. They, they did a good job, I thought, of capturing like a Blade Runner feel without going into the future. You know, that, those first shots of Gotham where you just see the city lit up and just how they how they have the ads placed and the color. I, I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah. Well, if you're going to kickstart an entire new dc universe or at least a whole new gotham city i think this is a perfect place to springboard from i think they've built a foundation like okay this is the setting and we can we have plenty to build off of we got to see gotham square garden which i thought was pretty cool that was fun the iceberg lounge was really cool just so, the tip yeah yeah I, just the tip I, I was really a big fan of the way that visually they made gotham city look we got to see a new bat cave Mm -hmm. I look forward to seeing more of the Bat Cave. Bat, we'll get, uh, like a, a boy cave, bachelor cave. Yes. Well man said. child cave. <laughs> We're going to mention this a lot, but this is early Batman. This is like year one Batman. So here's the Bat Cave. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but this is a still figuring it out, still getting his yeah. tools, still, you know, establishing a base. So this was a very raw, stripped down, bare bones early real folk dudes set up he's got going right totally now. totally not a lot of humor in this movie i'm used to humor with batman just because i grew up on burton and west and so this was new and so when i say it took itself too seriously i do feel it took itself too seriously at times they were going for that you know david fincher directed zodiac mm -hmm. seven um mind hunter and some other movies that i won't talk about but the and this felt indebted to that in in some ways but i thought well i told you you know the like dark like dark knight rises was probably maybe it's probably the worst nolan movie but it was my favorite script yeah i love the writing in that movie like the the way like and it's it's him and his brother you know jonathan nolan or something like that just like the the idea of that is just is beautiful to me and like the how their writing like improved even as it maybe got a little messier and expansive and this felt like they led with the dark knight rises out the gate they just gave us everything they gave us you know 
three hours of material. There's probably a five hour movie out there somewhere. Actually, I, I did hear that Matt Reeves actually said, he was like, you know, there's a few little things here and there, but I want to make it very clear that the movie that you're seeing in the theaters is the movie I wanted you to see. Mm-hmm. So it's none of that Zack Snyder. Oh, wait till you see a the different situation. But though, yeah, that's a that was an unpre. But like Donner in some of yeah. the old Superman movies where it's like Donner yeah. goes back 20 years later, you know. And I do think that DC has kind of learned their lesson and they're like, OK, you know what? You're the creative we're going to lean on you and let you do your thing to some degree. Right. We'll see. We've still got the flashpoint. We've still got black Adam. We've still got Aquaman too. They've got plenty of time to mess this up, but I think that they've learned from the Joker that to just let artistic people be the artists and to just bankroll them and count their money. The writing in Joker was better. I would agree with that. Uh, and, and I'm sure I'll mention it again. But the opening monologue and the closing monologue that Batman gave was awesome. And it felt like a really good comic book. It's okay to eat fish because they don't have any feeling. Do you just picture Pattinson just eating cod in a horrible mood, listening to that song like 6,000 times on repeat? <laughs> yes. Playing I do, Final actually. Fantasy VII Remake. What did you think about the bat suit? Oh, I don't care about that stuff. Like, it was cool. It was fine. <laughs> you know, I don't pay attention to that. Like, I just don't pay attention to that stuff. Like, I care about, like, is he fighting? Does okay, he sound let, stupid? Let, <laughs> let me geek out about that for a second then. Sure. Go ahead. The cow was amazing. The cow was a really cool, stripped down, simplistic. Looks like something that a year one, year two, year three Batman would have. I thought that it paid great tribute to the OG Adam West. I didn't love the look of little gauntlets on the wrist. I think that was actually from one of the newer comic book runs. It it is what it is. I think that the next suit, I would like to see them go away from it. The the cape was a little odd, the way it was kind of like raised up. I'm not going to say I I didn't like it because it kind of gave you uh, Dracula vibes. And going back to that horror movie and the the, the villains being scared of him, uh, I, I kind of thought it played. I thought that the silhouette of the bat coming with his mm-hmm. with his big neck sticking out and his horns, well, I, think, I thought it played. Think of the psychos we we've gotten to to play Batman. We've had we had Beetlejuice, we had Bateman, and now <laughs> we have you know yeah. uh, Edward, who yeah. is the the most. Who might actually be the craziest. This and but the sweetest and the most yes. sensitive. Yes. What'd you think about the eye black? Oh, it was badass. I thought it was sick. I'll be honest. He's just covered up those dark circles. I watched the movie last night. This morning I woke up and bought a McFarlane Toys pre-order of the action figure of the Batman with the eye black it's like you just see like you know no cowl on just the eye black and it's all like messy it looks like war paint or like uh, a football player who's just got done having uh, an intense game and like it's all running all over his face brando in apocalypse now if you may yeah (laughs) you know they wore the eye black i i know keaton did and i think that bale did under this under the cowl in those movies but they made it a point when they took the cowl off to make it look like they weren't wearing the eye black. And I don't understand the artistic decision to get away from that. When, when you take the cowl off, it actually looks really awesome. Okay, we're going to probably get into the thing that I think you would probably enjoy the most. Let's talk about some of these specific characters and what you thought about them and what you would grade them, similar to the way we did with the Bebop. Sure. Now, I do want to preface this like I did with the Bebop. We're not sitting here talking shit about any particular actor or actress. Like, that's not what we're getting at. But I do want their performance to be taken into the grade as well as how it played, how the character fit into this universe and, you know, the interactions they had. So let's go through some of the major ones. We'll, we'll go with, this, with some of the smaller guys first, relatively speaking. What did you think about Carmine Falcone? I, I gave Carmine a C and I like John Turturro. He's a great actor. I mean, there's not, there was nothing 
um, inherently wrong with it. It's just C just means that's just average for me is like, okay, yeah, he's in the movie. He gave another angle. It, it's cool that um, I, I like the, I, I like the angle that he was uh, Selena's father. That was cool. But, and yeah, that they a, didn't, that's a comic book thing. I, yeah. I thought maybe they rushed that. That's something that we might've been able to, I mean, I guess, spoiler again he dies right. so it's not like you could reveal it later very give it the same impact but it is odd that the same the same show the same run that we learn who he is we also have him reveal that he's selena's father and he dies but i agree with you c b good but if he was super high then that would possibly indicate that he's having to carry more of a load than he should anyways it's fine. It's just he and Falcone share time in the movie. So they like split a lot of what that care each of that character can bring. They they kind of they divvy those things up. They give some to Falcone and they give some of the traits on on Penguin. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was cool that they've already basically offed Sal at this point, Maroney, and then you're moved on to the next Bob Boss, and now he's done, and now you're gonna move on with Oswald. Yeah, and, and Gotham did a really good job of this, of, like, establishing that, hey, like, these crime families run Gotham. That's kind of, like, the history, and there's still some of that there. But as Batman comes, maybe partially a result of Batman coming, but either way, in that timeline, you start to see less of that and more of the supervillains coming to be. Yeah. The Wayne-Arkham relationship fascinates me a lot. I hope they... I wonder if they're alluding to something there, especially oh, with... Give me that Court of Owls. I need well, that. Well, yeah, right. All right. What did you think about old Alfred Pennysworth? Oh, I mean, I, I guess I'm biased. Like, I'll always love Andy Serkis on screen, no matter what. He's so, good. He's good. And, and I, was, I was upset when I, when I thought that he was going to die. I was Dude, upset. I, I thought and, they were going to kill him. Yeah, no, it would have made sense to kill him there. It just would have, it's, but this bat, it would really be a disservice to this bat already being like, he is an orphan and he's like dealing with like, um, and he's being basically gate kept by the other orphans. Like, well, you're not yeah. that much of an orphan, yeah. rich boy. <laughs> so he's really on his own and he doesn't have anyone except his, you know, his his grandma like figure i forget her name and yeah and alfred so no i was so glad alfred was able to to walk away yeah and this batman has a lot of room to grow and a lot of that growth is going to Two be face alfred yeah it's Just... gonna be it's gonna be with alfred so uh it, without alfred to be there as his father figure i don't know how you would have get you would have gotten to the next level of bruce wayne the next level of batman without that guidance how did uh, Jeffrey Wright and his James Gordon tickle a. your fancy? A. Oh yeah, he's an A. When he's I was amazing. a kid, when I was a kid, I told you, I watched Batman stuff, and I was like, why do they keep going to this cop guy? Like, what does it matter? He's he's not a superhero. If you start reading the comics, you realize how important James Gordon is. It's why half of Year One, Frank Miller's Year One, is specifically falling around James Gordon. He is a, a critical part. He's the other side of the coin with Batman. He knocked it out of the park. Awesome. Yeah. So glad they cast him. We get Jeffrey Wright as our James Gordon for the trilogy or the four movies, whatever they give us. Perfect casting. He was awesome. Yeah. Jim Gordon is a great character. He's in, he's got, just as tough a job as Batman, arguably tougher because people oh, yeah. know where he lives. He doesn't yeah. live in a cave. Yeah. He has to go to work every day. The criminals don't like him and his and his uh, the guys on the force. They don't like him either. Yeah. What's he's like great. He, he's like Giyu Tomioka. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. He's he's so fascinating because, like you said, the cops don't like him because he's not on the take and because he's dealing with this vigilante. But you know what side he's on? The side of good, like always, he is a Boy Scout. Well, and sometimes it gets in him... most Batman movies. Yeah, yeah, in most. <laughs> Shout out uh, Gotham by Gaslight. Uh, yeah, yeah. I wasn't gonna say what movie it was. I was just gonna let people watch one day. Yeah, 
great graphic novel, actually. I think mm-hmm. I may I may have it. If I have it, I'll let you borrow it sometime. We watched that together. We yeah, watched we watched the movie. the movie. Yeah. So what did you think of my idea as, you know, I love Chris Walken as Max Shrek, but how about Mike Myers as Max Shrek? <laughs> love it. Can't go wrong there. Get off me tower, Selena. The highest room of the <laughs> tallest tower. All right. What did you think about our new cat? Warm it up to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pardon? What did you think about our new Catwoman? B. I say B off because I think she has the potential to have an A movie. But I I wasn't like blown away. I mean, I like it was better than Anne Hathaway. But it just felt a little it just felt a little flat sometimes. And but she's also like working, you know, she's working at a sex club and seeing her friends. I mean, she's obviously like she's constant. She's she's not a, a, a slave per se, but she is very much in servitude to a lot of things beyond her control her entire life um, that has her somewhat restricted yeah. and tied. And I think that plays into some of her affect, same as it does with Pattinson. Like they both have they're in their own little brooding kind of, um, puberty part two phase of their life and and that's why they you know that's why you can't see like a romance well i know what i want a romance in the next movie i'll say that but i can we can save it for later i we can talk about that at the end yeah you're ridiculous on that one but i'm gonna let that we'll, we'll get there so i would give her a b to a b plus and none of that is her fault. I thought it was a great casting. I thought she looked awesome. I thought I loved the way she seemed like a cat when she would fight. She was like using all parts of her body, flinging her legs around and, and just she was very smooth and athletic. And especially when she had a little altercation there with Batman, the two styles, the way those two were fighting was vastly different. And mm-hmm. she was cat like. She is infinitely better than Anne Hathaway and I don't like her as well as Michelle Pfeiffer at the moment but she has time I thought Michelle Pfeiffer was a main part of that movie whereas was it Zoe yeah Zoe Kravitz was a small part of a movie and 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 that's kind of a a a bigger issue I have with the movie as a whole kind of like the only issue I have with the movie as a whole is that they were just throwing so much shit at you all at once. It's like, we're going to have to introduce all these characters, build backstories, show you the city. We're going to give you Catwoman. We're going to give you uh, the Riddler. We're going to give you the Penguin. We're going to show some interactions with Alfred. We're going to have a new mayor. We're going to give you uh, James Gordon. It was just a lot all at once. And I think that they did that so that they could say, okay, here's your foundation. We're going to build off of it. But when you do that, it gets a little messy. Right. And not everybody gets their their adequate time, even if it is a three-hour movie. So she gets and a if B, you inter- B plus, and if you and it's not her fault. If you introduce Shrek movie one, he overshadows all the characters that you tried to make cool. Exactly. Like, oh, that's a character like Shrek, he has so many layers. Right. Like a... Uh... Um, like tangerines. Do tangerines have layers? Oh my god! What about your boy Colin Farrell? I think I'm gonna give him a B. I like just because I, I he was more enjoyable on screen for me than John Turturro's Falcone. Oh but yeah. I th- I don't know how much he really added to the movie other than just. You know, I guess you get to see his own. You just see his own rise in that movie, like they did on the show Gotham. They just basically put that all into one movie: his rise to the top of the underworld. Yeah, I, but I, I still want them to keep him. I think he needs to stay. He doesn't need to be the main villain in the next movie. Unnamed Arkham Prisoner doesn't need to be the main villain in the next movie. Like mm-hmm. you can set that up. Those that's cool when you wink this at is it. Universe in building one on one though. Like we have to show you this guy, and then we'll do what we want to do. But here he is. He exists. Yeah, but like, just don't go. 
don't give him 30 more minutes in the next movie again where he doesn't really do that much. <laughs> I'm going to give him an A- minus because I thought he was awesome, and I, he was unrecognizable as the pretty boy Colin Farrell. And I thought he, he seemed like a slimy, like, cruddy. Can I offer you an egg in these yeah. trying times, Bruce? <laughs> no, you didn't say that. I really, I really liked the performance, and uh, I thought that the character was cool to see in this version of the Batman universe. And he is a, a totally different vibe than the Danny DeVito that we got in the '89 or was it '91 Keaton Batman. Also eating lots of fish in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. And about our- incredibly physically fit. As a result, <laughs> indeed, he is a specimen. Paul Dano's Riddler. They said he was going to be based on the Zodiac Killer. I definitely got that impression. Mm-hmm. It was a creative take on a classic Batman villain. I appreciate that they had the balls to to do something like that. And I'm not going to say I hated it, but I wanted to love it, and I didn't love it. I thought it was good. That's fair. I'll go I, B. I'll go. I'll go B plus. Yeah. Just because I I love him as an actor and I I, re, I respected that he can have a a interrogation room stare down with Batman in no makeup, just a guy in glasses and a smile on his face, and yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Not with the you know not with the monocle or the mes- or the makeup or you know or the <laughs> horrible facially debilitating act. None of that. Um, but they left some bullets in the chamber. I thought they could have really pulled. I mean, I thought they could have given them more than, you know, doesn't the money make it wash down easier? Like they could have given us more than that to me for what we've been building for this whole mystery. I just wanted, I'm not saying his motive has to be any deeper. His motive could be completely irrational and childlike, like a lot of villains, but he's got to be able to, um, I wanted him to, be able to articulate, articulate that in a, yeah. in a way yeah. that I thought matched his intelligence that he showed throughout the movie. I love the pacing. Yeah. You don't want you him know. just being like shit bag corporations. But, yeah, exactly. The, the mistake of like when they cast Jim Carrey was Jim Carrey just takes over the movie, but that's not Riddler. He's an enigma. Why would he be all over the place? That's yeah. makes no, that's what the Joker would do. do. That, you know, but that movie was just like Tommy Lee Jones did like half Joker and then uh, Jim Carrey did like half a Joker and Tommy Lee Jones was amazing. Yeah, you've oh, always man. been a big Tommy Lee Jones in that movie. Uh, he's fine. Like, I enjoy it, but I know you've definitely. Wrong answer. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Is there anybody else that you want to get into before we start talking about Robert Pattinson? I gave the I gave the uh, the crooked cops. I gave them all an A. I okay. thought they all were great. Like you all, they all did a really good job of um, like playing to their, to their brand. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Robert Battenson. A. What did you give him? A. A. I gave him S A. for S tier because really? I think that, yeah, I, I thought he was incredible. I think that he could potentially, we'll see, because he's going to have at least another movie. You thought or two. he was, you said he was meh as Bruce. I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. You said he was meh. All right, let me get to my point. You going to take I, that back? No, I'm not, I'm not walking it back. I thought he was meh as Bruce. My opinion, and a lot of people have this opinion of the Christian Bale was that he was an amazing Bruce and kind of a meh Batman. I don't know what was so amazing about his Bruce. Like, oh, like he okay. I thought he I thought he was an amazing Bruce. You didn't love him like throwing money around and having bringing supermodels to the restaurants and having them play in the fountains. No, because he'd literally done that movie like two years before. Yeah, and he was amazing at that. Yeah, but that w- but it wasn't someone to root for. <laughs> okay. That's why people take walk away from the dark night with like quoting like this anno anarcho capitalist joker because his heel or his foil in the movie w- was like so unsympathetic at times 
that people end up rooting for Joker. So then when Joker wins at the end, it's awesome. And I think people were ruined the whole movie. Heath Ledger stole the movie by being amazing. But well, the, let me the, get back to my point. I walked I, out of the theater I, saying that Pattinson was an amazing Batman, possibly the best on-screen Batman we've gotten while being kind of a pedestrian Bruce. But I think that could have been an artistic choice because I think right now at this point in this Bruce Wayne's life, he doesn't want to be Bruce Wayne at all. And he doesn't, ha- there's no balance. He doesn't know how. And that's why when he wakes up in the middle of the day, he looks exhausted and beat down. He doesn't know how to be Bruce Wayne yet. And I think that the next movie or two, he's going to learn that it's just as important that he be an effective Bruce Wayne as it is that he would be an effective Batman and finding that balance. Well, I go back to something you said a couple of days ago and uh, that I, I firmly believe this movie will be defined by the movies that it follows because yeah, it's all it's so board. much setup. You're yeah. giving us so much setup. So you're saying like, so anytime if someone says the movie's too long or it's too much, it's like, yeah, but we're giving you setup. And it's like, that's cool. You could be proven right on that. Yeah. But if you're not, then it just like, oh, okay, that was cool when they gave, remember when they gave us that, that Batman showed us a bunch of characters. So I just don't want, I don't want this to be the best Batman movie because I thought they had more, I thought they had, they left some bullets in the chamber that they could i just heard how controversial and dark it was and yeah. i walked away feeling like that it was only it was pg-13 but really it was half pg half r and then they just had to split the difference in the rating which then gave it some a weird uh just some things felt off to me but there were i'm, I'm I, I thought there were like occasional scenes and i'm sure when i watch again I, I'm, I hope I see more and I probably will, but there were scenes that were just great. Um, when he, when he hears the, the Riddler minion say I'm vengeance, bringing that whole, you know, tying that whole thing in together. You know, I don't know if you had already, if you had that written down to talk about later. So. Yeah. Uh, There's also like when he, um like when he cuts that they cuts the cord on himself and drops in the water there when everything's flooding and it it looked i i see why i see where he said the cobain inspirations came in the way he made that look <laughs> yeah um, so I, I, that's one thing i wanted i wanted to bring up specifically i thought that was an odd thing so going into the movie it was like a big thing like oh they're doing this from from the comic book the the chest piece the bat is actually the guns that were used to kill his parents like how cool is that they never mentioned that so i don't know if that's true or not and then he uses it to cut the cord we didn't know that it came out and turned into a knife or whatever and nothing ever really was made of that and like they made it out to be like it was going to be like some like oh he's sacrificing himself is he going to die here and then really nothing happened from it he cut the cord he falls in the water you know a few minutes later he's fine it just seemed odd to me, like a weird build-up slash no build-up. I thought it looked sick. I think we sw- yeah. we're switching roles here. I thought yeah. I thought it looked super dope. Yeah, maybe just give me something going into that. I don't know. Maybe if I knew what that tool was or what the significance of it was. And on that same line of thinking, I thought it was interesting that we didn't have any batarangs. And I guess you know I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here because this is an iconic role. Batman uses batarangs in pretty much every form of Batman that I've ever seen. It's early Batman. Maybe the next one we'll see some batarangs, but I, I paid good money for these tickets. I want to see some batarangs, damn it. You wonder if it's like a detective batarang ratio. You know, we had a lot of detective work in this movie, so less need for batarangs. I don't want them to get away from the detective stuff, though. If the next movie gets away from the detective elements, I think they're getting away from what makes Batman Batman. So I need just as much detective work. You can give me a little less if you want, but I do need a lot more Batarangs. What'd you think about uh, undercover Bruce Wayne doing his little side detective stuff, looking like Joe from the Netflix series You with his backpack and his hat on just creeping around? That was self-aware that they made him, they gave him a little stalker scene there. That was good. It was, it was interesting watching Selena Kyle getting dressed like, all right, man. Similar on that same vein. I do want to say, I thought that Zoe Kravitz and, and Robert Pattinson had really good chemistry. I think that 
the two are independently great actors and they have great chemistry. And I look forward to seeing how they work together in future mm-hmm. movies. Especially, have- I'm so ready to see more Catwoman once she's, now she's, she's free. She doesn't work for the Iceberg Lounge. Uh, she doesn't have the weight of her father on her anymore. Like she's open world at this point. So like, let's see what Catwoman looks like next time that she's on the screen with us. So going back to the detective story stuff, what did you think about the eyeball cam? Oh, uh, that was neat. I liked it. Yeah. You would assume that the billionaire detective would have, you know, state of the art shit and he he had it. It's low key. It's not like, you know, um, like let's show you a gun range of like every single all your guns and stuff and like right you know none of that that was nice that was just a lot of like that's just a lot of tinnitus that i still have from those old batman movies well i'm glad you mentioned that because that was the next thing i was gonna i was gonna bring up is that we get for the first time in a while an anti-gun batman and i know a lot of the people in the comic books will go way back to something from the 50s and say well he used a gun here look if you've read any number of the modern Batman comics, you know that Batman is against guns. He thinks that that's what separates him from the criminals. Like he doesn't kill, he doesn't use guns. Guns killed his parents. He doesn't he doesn't approve of that. And we got to see him not only not using guns, but actively physically stopping Selena Kyle from using a gun when it was arguably justified. He said, you know, that's what separates us. We have there has to be a line. What'd and then think about I, that. Well, I, and I still, I was like, Selena, kick Kill that guy him. anyway. <laughs> and I was so glad when she kicked him anyway, because I was like, he'll, Pat, Battinson will get him, but kick yeah. his ass, kick his ass <laughs> off the building, do it. And she did. I was like, that, that's my girl. When he stopped, when he stopped her from shooting, I like almost stood up in the theater right there, like, finally, someone that understands Batman, because every director that gets a hold of Batman thinks, yeah, but wouldn't it be cool? Like, no, dude. No, I want I want my Batman to understand that like killing's not good. And like he actively tries to seek out other ways. I thought he I thought Pattinson nailed it in an interview where he talked about Batman's brooding frustration. He's like, part of his frustration is that he can like kill all these guys and he doesn't. So it's like he really he wants to, and he but he doesn't every time. And like that's part of like his that's why he's like so frustrated and angry and there were fr- fittingly this movie being so long and gloomy was frustrating in its own way and which is almost fair for it um there was we were, you were talking about the chemistry between Pattinson and Kravitz and I told you a funny story the other day where he was talking about like a lot of us who had been going back through you know drink, sipping the kudo and playing Final Fantasy 7 and stuff like that he was saying that he was like yeah, that's like that was my favorite game as a kid. And you can hear like Zoe Kravitz like doesn't really know what he's talking about. So she's just listening yeah. as he's getting these questions. And he's like, yeah, I mean, well, you know, you had a we had this girl named Eris and like she dies. And like when she dies, like that's when I learned what love was. And because she, she was looks gonna, at him like you are the biggest dork she, I've ever seen in my life. He was because like, she's actually cool. And he's a yeah. freaking dork like us. And yeah. he was like, yeah, she's, you know, uh what uh denise from denise uh lisa but <laughs> yeah. lisa benet and lenny kravitz's daughter so yeah she's cool as fuck um but no and he was talking about he's like yeah Aris dies. i learned what love was and but you know but then there's tifa and she's just like this hot thing in a short skirt so Thanks. like and it's just so hard to pick and so he's like wait wait a sec so one of them is going to heal everyone and then one of them is in a short skirt and you don't know how to pick. And he's like, yeah, she's like, you get this it, right. Is, <laughs> this is what's wrong with the world. But what I would say is if you played the game, you would understand. You'd get it. You see why Barrett I, but has such I, good get, taste. I get where she's coming from. She's right. But when you play the game, you realize he's that right. it's not that he's right. Yeah. Going back to his his role as as Bruce Wayne, as Batman, and in particular, Batman, because that's where he really shined. Two awesome, subtle moments that I thought really showcased that, he, that he's that he got chops as an amazing actor and that he understands the role of Batman. 
One is when he goes and he sees he's just standing there looking at the new orphan as the was it the mayoral candidate that was killed. Uh, what was his name? Dick Grayson. <laughs> I forget. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we had the same they thought. We texted about though. this. We we thought, is this kid going to be the next the next? And uh, then Harvey, they leaned into the they leaned into old Harvey with the kid mm-hmm. with the with the half face paint. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. But when he sees that kid and he just stares at him, and there's like this really compassionate, sympathetic moment, and you can almost see his eyes like glaze over, and like he he's he's starting to cry, and he's just very subtle but you see it and you can just feel it that pa- that batman just wants to like go and hug that kid hmm. amazing work one other moment in particular that i thought was uh, a, a brilliant subtle thing that pattinson did was when the riddler was arrested and he was going on and on about bruce wayne bruce wayne bruce wayne and you could see him tensing up like oh I, he knows who i am I'm never going to be Batman again. The jig is up. Oh. And then he makes the distinction that, oh. yeah, that he, oh. he doesn't know that. Oh, oh yeah. Cause I couldn't get Bruce as, Wayne. You're not as smart as I thought. Now he does. That is his, we don't get the quote city in this movie, but there were a few good Paul Dano had a couple of good ones and that was, that a good was one good. Right but I was going to say when he doesn't realize and Bruce realizes, Oh, you're not as smart as you yeah. thought. Oh, Oh, he doesn't know that they're both. I am Bruce Wayne. They're trying to outdo each other, but like you can see the relief just wash over Batman's you face. Could bring, you could bring Riddler back like later, like the way they brought oh, yeah. Loki, the way they brought Loki back later. You mm-hmm. could bring him back. Yeah, he's still figuring out his Riddler because he's because he's meeting unnamed Arkham prisoner who's going to show him how to take things up to another level. Yeah. What what was your take on on introducing some form of Joker? I mean, clearly that's Joker, right? There's no scenario where that's not the Joker, correct? It's an unnamed Arkham prisoner. <laughs> yeah. That had a laughing condition. Yeah. Maybe. So maybe. So clearly Joker exists when I mean, we would have expected that. Joker some doesn't people, die, so some, sure. Some people, myself included, would argue that we don't necessarily need him, especially this early, that we've beaten the Joker horse to death. But clearly, Joker's here, and he probably will be dude, on the Joker's roster. Sick. I love dude. Joker. I want Joker all the time, dude. So I'm like the Joker. I'm like the Joker. Dude, you're just like people always say that, like, dude, West Coast Walker is just like the Joker. Mm-hmm. He's fucking sick, dude. Dude. You want to know how I got these bars, Pete Davidson? Uh, it was interesting seeing the halo crack for Thomas and Martha Wayne in most forms of Batman. They are holy beacons that are infallible. And there was a moment that Bruce thought, oh, wow, dad paid a mobster to kill somebody. Thankfully, he's able to talk to a not dead Alfred who's able to, you know, walk it back yeah. and say, no, he went to him and he said, you know, basically scare him. But he asked the Don for a favor and yeah, he didn't get specific enough. Even even still, that it, it's, a, it's a mark against them. They're not perfect. It, that doesn't bother me, but it's interesting to see them not being like these, you know, holier than thou, like amazing, you know. Right. That's it's not the way we usually get them because Bruce puts them up on a pedestal. I don't know. I'm losing my train of thought. I'm thankful that we didn't get a scene with pearls hitting the ground again because we don't need that. We've seen that over and over again. And I think that's part of the reason. I think going into this movie, they were like, look, dude, we've all seen the backstory for Batman. If you're going to see this movie, you've heard of Batman. You know his parents are dead. We don't have to beat that horse to death. And I'm glad they made that decision. We do not ever need another Batman origin story. I mean, if they want to do it again in like 10 years or something, whatever, but like we just saw it. And before that, we had just seen it. I mean, it's it's over the top how much they feel like they have to hammer that home. And I get it. Like visually, there's something there. It's it's uh it's a cool you don't, visual storytelling thing, but it's like, okay, guys, we've seen it. You don't top Jack Nicholson killing your parents. Yeah. You just don't. And Prince singing about it. Come mm-hmm. on. So yeah, the it was cool, you know, the the mafia or the the cops working with with Falcone, working with the mafia, 
the I guess the where it took an um a more where it took a even darker turn was the renewal and having basically this whole like this whole legacy of like Thomas Wayne's money basically just because of this chaos just like divvied up amongst mobsters and cops and shitheads and that was real and and then kind of hit like close to little home. Edward like, you're just, like wow you know, I could totally see something like that happening in real life yeah it's wild right so I wrote down that the theme of this episode the theme of this movie was renewal we are resetting the DC universe COVID is winding down it's spring is starting up the real folk dudes are returning it is all about renewal it's hitting that reset button getting a fresh start and i thought that was a a big part of this it's a lie it's a lie one last thing i wanted to mention um before we you know in whatever you need to say but i thought it was really cool the way vengeance or yeah vengeance 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 over and over again And, and like we kept hearing that word getting brought up and we got the iconic shot that you know from the from the trailer where you know what the hell are you supposed to be beats him to death and says well beats the hell out of him and says i'm vengeance and we all were like oh my gosh this is the coolest thing and it was cool but batman learns by the end of this movie that he's going to need to be more than just vengeance if he wants to be effective and if he wants to be different than the criminals that he's trying to stop and i think that hits home at a larger point that this movie is just the springboard and that the Bruce Wayne we're getting and the Batman we're getting is still learning as he goes. This is not an established, you know, Batfleck was actually on the other end. He had already been established and he was actually like becoming cynical. This is like a up and coming Batman and he's still learning. And, and I even thought a lot of his fight scenes were kind of raw and some of the low, you know, low ranking criminals that, shouldn't be able to get licks in on Batman were able to get a few hits mm-hmm. because he's still figuring this out. Now, don't get me wrong. He's still tougher than all of them. But if you throw 10 random thugs at him, he's he might take a couple licks along the way, and he's going to become way more efficient once Rajah Ghoul trains him. And I know you really wanted to see Rajah Ghoul. I want Robert Downey Jr. as Rajah Ghoul. He can do that. <laughs> So we'll see. Always be aware of your surroundings, Bruce. Why are you not? If you're not aware of your surroundings, Bruce, (laughs) then you have to be aware of them. Pepper. Tell Bruce how to be aware of his surroundings better. Thank you. But yeah, I'm I'm Roz. I'm Roz Agul. I got fucked up in the Middle East. (laughs) Now I'm here. Now I'm here to fuck you up training. As a whole, what do you what do you feel about this movie, uh, and what kind of grade would you give it? If you need if you need the suit, Bruce can't wear it. <laughs> you know, we we may look back in like ten years, and Robert Pattinson will be the Iron Man of this universe. We'll be like, wow, it's crazy how they built everything up around him, and I think that's a legitimate possibility. It's who they should build it around? Yeah, I think this is the perfect thing to build around from here like this this is square one this is the foundation of what you should do with the dc universe moving forward so here's my sequel idea more of a love story like attack of the clones best star wars movie they have the really great scene at the end of this movie where he and uh, catwoman are like it's cool because they're about to go their separate ways but they're racing on the bikes. So they get this little moment to like cut up and like play together as friends. And then they go their separate ways and Mm -hmm. the drop drop C Nirvana comes in. So I, I need Bruce to fall in love in this next movie. I need him to find something that makes him learn to love life again and to care and want to live. And, and she needs to be really smart and she needs to be, she needs to care about, the environment and growing. But he always had to do this. And he falls in love with her. Mm-hmm. And then he learns more about her and it gets complicated because she's poison okay. ivy. You and your damn poison ivy. Just because you have a crush on poison ivy and you want to watch somebody cop a feel on poison ivy doesn't mean that 
Batman actually needs to be with Poison Ivy. Rubber lips. <laughs> there you go. So the movie theater I went and saw it was in a little town called Dallas, Oregon. I, you know, something out of the way and something about, out of the way. So it's like six o'clock. The movie's going to start at seven. I've like, I've got my tickets, but I don't have like physical tickets. I just have like the online like confirmation code and of course it was like a small theater so they were confused they were like what is yeah. going on here and i was like i told him i said i was i was afraid of this yeah um because they were like it should be fine and i'm like oh yeah what about this and they're like oh wow i don't know what to do they're like do you remember where your seat was and i said yeah they're like just go they're like so. damn it yeah I like that you went to the one movie theater that was actually like going back in time and when you sent me the pictures mm -hmm. of you at the theater i was like Oh my gosh, like that looks like a, a movie theater from like my childhood. No, it looks like, like did they have of, a smoking section there? It looks like a church that um that the telegraphs would play at. Like I like to picture that like like you get like that old reel and you hear like the little the little cigarette burns and you hear like the beep whenever it starts rolling. Dude, small drinks one dollar, medium drinks two dollars, large drinks three dollars. Incredible. And they were only half full because they're not a you know they're not fancy or whatever and i was kind of bummed about that but they're showing it every night for the next three weeks so i may just like drive up there some sometime in the next three weeks and just go see it again one day yeah you should so i'm and a little I, embarrassed i sat so i went to kill time because there was no one at the box office till like 15 minutes before the movie started no one was just going to stand out there at this little theater and i don't blame them so i went to this uh this place next door called there will be tacos which was nice shout out there will be blood paul dano um and i walk in and it's just it's it's filthy there's flies everywhere i'm sorry to whoever runs this business like i want you all to do well but like you all are you all have given up i can see you all have given up yeah there was like no service there were flies everywhere the food was like really bad i feel i felt bad for the families that are in there these peasants that think this is good food it's pathetic <laughs> when you're from a play when you're when you're from a holler like mine like Kentucky mm -hmm. it's much fancier than whatever this oh is. yeah yeah they probably so anyway, have chicken livers so I, I walk in with my mask on which this was a town where not they they didn't like me immediately so I just mm -hmm. I took that off um got that out of the way and it was just this it was like I think a mom or like some chaperone and she was like with the there was like these little this little group of like high school girls they looked high school age and so this like this theater, this whole little area, it's just like this small, like a little, like it'd be like a movie theater, like the middle of downtown Lawrenceburg, like right next to Bourbon on Main with like, like a creepy alley, like right next door, whatever. So anyway, you know, you know me, I'm in my full Riddler cosplay, just like just staring. No, I'm just minding my own fucking business, basically. And then I see the mom get up and she's like, all right, you girls enjoy the movie. And then she looks in my direction and then whispers something to them and then leaves. <laughs> She's like, right. I was like, which made me feel terrible on so many levels. It sucks that I'm that guy now. And you're just second trying to of choke all, down a shitty burrito and like and getting looked at like you're a pedophile. And second of all, mom, where are you going? Yeah. <laughs> Let me holler at you. Like, what are you talking about? I, I'm, I'm a mature man. Speaking of mature man, when Hannah and I went to the theater, we got like a medium popcorn and a couple of drinks. And, and I was disappointed because I didn't see promotional Batman like popcorn buckets or whatever. And then Hannah noticed it. So we had to have a manager come over and clear out our order so that we could get like I'm a 12 year old kid. Like, yeah, sorry, dude. I, so I you were worried about because... making the movie on time, but then had to take a detour for. You must what have you had get, some time uh, left over. I had a little time at the end, but like okay. you know, uh, you know, I, I wanted my Batman cup, and I got my Batman cup. They had to give me a refund and start over. The guy's like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, sorry, dude. Dude, that's so that's super badass. Yeah. You know, someone was like, "What's taking so long?" And then someone was like, "Nah, you'll understand someday." He's got to get his Batman cup. Gotta like get another, the there's cup. another veteran behind. There's a real fault, dudes. A fan, a, a friend of the pod, an yeah. unwitting friend of the pod. Of course, I, I drank out of my Batman cup this afternoon. 
So worth it. Your your goblet of Batman. Mm-hmm. Are we going to talk about another Batman movie after this? I'll do you one better, Walker. Let's talk, we can't talk Superman. What? Our next podcast will be breaking down the iconic Superman 1978. You'll believe a man can fly. You want to do a podcast on the goat? <laughs> we just did. But you want to do a podcast on the goat. So we've watched and rewatched Superman 1978, a great movie. Can't recommend it enough. You've had a few years to watch it. Hopefully you have. If you haven't, please do. Please watch Would, it. It's incredible. You mean like Superman, the, the godfather of superhero films? <laughs> yeah. More or less. I think I'm in, familiar. In the greatest love story ever told on screen. Mm-hmm. Can you hear my voice? The um, inspired. Or can you read my mind? Sorry. Yeah. Anyways. Can you read my mind? How do you spell read? Mm. How do you spell mind? So we're going to have plenty of amazing stories to tell about that. We're going to break it down. We're going to give our opinions on the movie as a whole about the performances, some, some funny backstories. We've got a ton of great information to talk about, and we are excited to break down Superman 1978. I'm excited too, but do we have to record Superman 1 and 2 pod at the same time like the real movie did? I think so, and I'm going to pay you the same for both of them together. Okay. Well, I can only work for 12 minutes, and I need $2.4 million. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Who would ever do something like that? All this and more on the next episode of the Real Folk Dudes podcast. I'm going to make them a pod they can't not listen to. Thanks for listening to the Real Folk thanks for listening to the real folk dudes podcast be sure to like and subscribe follow us on our social media at real folk dudes on twitter real folk dudes facebook group we will be breaking down all kinds of different nerd culture movies anime video games and uh, interact with us let us know what you want to hear about and the real folk dudes will never die poison ivy (laughs) bet You know, there's a movie coming out a lot of you may have heard about. It's called The Batman. And I watched the trailer for this The Batman. And they spoke of dark nights, riddles, mysteries. And it just hit me. Wow. Do you ever feel like there are riddles or mysteries in your life that you can't solve? feel that there are a lot of dark nights ahead for you? Women, do you see your husbands and just want to jump off the top of a building like Zoe Kravitz portraying Catwoman? This is a new segment we're doing for this. It's called Walker's postcap. It's basically where I go back through and uh, fact check. It's kind of proof the episode and let you know the important things to take away from it and what to ignore. Pam Osley needs to poison Ivy. Needs to be in the next movie. And I, I'm not saying it's got to be Jessica Chastain. I'm not saying she's got to look just like her. There's a lot of actresses that that look sort of like Jessica Chastain that you can pick from, right? Want to make her friends with Harley Quinn? It's fine. But let's get into Harley, the, the psychotherapist. I mean, is she all the way schizophrenic? I mean, at some point, she's kind of adopting it, right? So she she's she's got it's hard to say 
and the whole thing about the beans like don't even don't like literally like don't even look that up it's just fucking dumb like we don't we don't even we don't even we don't we don't even like quote it or anything like or share it or anything like that it was just something we saw a long time ago that we laughed at um looking back if i I have this. I have this condition where, like, I just laugh and like I can't help it. So, like, it's not really my fault. It sucked when uh, like Jeff never lets me like fucking bring this up on the show, and he doesn't let me cuss either because he's worried about his mom listening. Beth, I love you. Thank you for letting me play guitar in your basement. The fact that Jeff doesn't want... I mean, he's out of his fucking... He's out of his, his gourd. He's out of his gourd. And I want him to bust. I want him to bust it. Like Tanjiro. And I just don't know. I don't know. 